everyone, and welcome to a little experiment we're calling Hashtag Talk Daredevil. Uh, this is a uh, podcast that uh, we're um, uh, doing as members of the team for Save Daredevil, or Hashtag Save Daredevil. And we're going to be uh, talking about a bunch of different topics that are related to the campaign and the show and what the future holds and all of that. So it'll be a rotating roster of uh, team members. And um, so today we have moi, I'm Christine, and um, we uh, I'll let the other two people who are with me introduce themselves. I'm Phyllis. Uh, you may have seen me on one of the team videos or maybe a few of the videos from Save Daredevil Con. But yeah, I'm really excited to get talking um, about some Save Daredevil stuff. And I'm Sam. Uh, you probably saw me in the Animal Crossing videos. I, I was the one hosting there. So I'm yeah. also some of the meetups. <laughs> probably a lot of people know me from those. Yeah. And uh, people might know me from, I was also <laughs> in a panel for Save Daredevil Con. Um, I was on the uh, fan um, fan conversation panel talking to uh, Cool G from MemWithoutFear.com. And we had Emma from Daresplaining. And then we had Joshua from Jamie and Joshua do Daredevil. So uh, I um, I also blog at TheAnthemurderPapers.com, which is a blog that hasn't really been active much lately. I've spent so much time with all these lovely people from the <laughs> same Daredevil yes. team. So that's where I spend most of my time these days. But um so we're just going to have some fun talking about kind of um, the general state of the state of the campaign, I guess, state of like where we are right now and what happened almost two years ago and, and where we're heading. So, yeah. So what else can we expect from this show or this podcast going forward? There's a few things that we're going to have, depending on how this goes, you know, again, as Christine said, this is kind of an experiment for us. Um, maybe we all kind of got bitten by the bug a little bit during the con. And, you know, we, now we don't mind getting together to chat a little bit more. But, you know, in addition to today kind of being about the state of the campaign, we're also going to be talking more in depth about the changes that some of you may have heard um, at Disney and as far as their plans kind of in this post-COVID um, world with Disney Plus and there are other original content. And um, we're also going to be talking really more in depth about what we have planned kind of as we hit the two-year mark and beyond because, you know, a big thing that we'll get into on this conversation is, you know, we've been working towards this November 2020 deadline. And that isn't going to be the end of this campaign. That might in a way, be the beginning. So we really want yeah. to have a space for us as team members on this campaign to talk a little bit more openly with the fans about what we're thinking about and what we want to do, and also just share kind of um, our own opinions and perspectives on this whole situation and kind of be a part of the fan conversation, which we imagine will only get hopefully louder as we get closer to the end date of the Netflix moratorium. Yeah. And also for anyone out there who is like new to the campaign or maybe you just like finished watching Daredevil. I actually talked to a friend today who is now on like episode eight of season three uh, for the first time. So, and he's like, this is the best season yet. I'm like, yes, I know. But if you're in that category or you maybe you watched it a couple of years ago and are kind of new to the campaign, we're hoping that this first episode is also going to be sort of a good kind of recap of what happened back then and like all the kind of complexities involved. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. 
So what happened? Uh, November 29th, 2018. What do you remember? 2018 (laughs) sounds like it was ages ago. (laughs) I know. Um, But yeah, you know, the cancellation in itself um, feels like it's something I think every, you know, if you're a fan of the show um, and you're like at all aware of the existence of this campaign, you probably knew that the show got canceled two years ago and you knew that the Save Daredevil campaign sprung up in the wake of that. But something that maybe the casual majority doesn't know or isn't as aware of are the circumstances of the cancellation. Um, So this could be a good time for us to sort of break that down and recap it even a little bit for fans who might, you know, who might not have been as plugged in over these last nearly two years. Yeah. And there was a lot of early kind of, um, I mean, people had all kinds of ideas that uh, Disney did it and Disney did it because Disney Plus was coming and mm-hmm. all kinds of just misunderstanding around the kind of well, what happened. That kind, that kind of started with Iron Fist, to be honest, because back yeah. then, like people mm-hmm. were, oh, well, I don't think isn't that good. But then like Luke Cage got canceled. And I remember there were a lot of like rumors going around like, oh, yeah. they are going to make like uh, Daughters of the Dragon or they are going to make Heroes for Hire. And like people were expecting like the cancellation to lead to something else that to, like, yes. oh, they are canceled and that's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And the fact that Luke Cage got canceled on the day Daredevil season three premiered. Mm-hmm. was sort of a very like, ooh, you know, yeah. what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, you know, the the narrative at that time, especially with two shows canceled very closely together right before mm-hmm. and as Daredevil was premiering, yeah. I think kind of set into uh, motion a lot of like fandom conspiracy theories and sort of rumors. Um, over top of that, there was this whole... Yeah dynamic with Disney pushing into the streaming wars with Disney plus um, very well known uh, kind of disillusion of that uh, agreement between Disney and Netflix to distribute their movies, which kind of got lumped into Mm -hmm. the whole Marvel TV thing. Um, So, you know, we have a whole, if, if you're new to us and you haven't been to our website, we have a whole excellent, FAQ page that touches on a lot of this at savedarnable.com slash FAQ. Um, But yeah, it's just, I think it's a little wild still like sitting here and thinking back to it and thinking about it, like just how complicated um, the whole thing is. And a lot of it has to do with Netflix, I think, um, creating really a complicated situation for shows that end up getting canceled on their platform. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've they've really gone just as, you know, I've I've had Netflix since the very beginning, or at least since it first came to, I I mean, I'm in Sweden. And as soon as it came to Sweden, I got Netflix. I even used to, back when I lived in the States a few years ago, I was one of those who had like when Netflix was something that was, um, uh, you got a DVD, like a subscription Uh kind of thing. So I remember Netflix from from way back when. Um, But I remember in the beginning, they were almost... um, 
I mean, right now they're in a situation where there a lot of shows are being canceled and a lot of shows are being canceled in ways that a lot of fans are like, whoa, this is super premature mm-hmm. it's happening on a cliffhanger. And I mean, we can get into why that is or mm-hmm. um, and so on. But I remember in the beginning, they were almost it was almost the opposite. Like they would just, you know, renew everything, even yeah. the stuff mm-hmm. that I thought was kind of like wasn't all that great. So, I mean, it's normal for obviously a, a streamer or a. Uh, you know, even, you know, traditional TV to occasionally cancel a show, but they wouldn't Mm -hmm. cancel anything. And then they went from that to like canceling a lot of stuff, which is where we are right now. And it's kind of, um, uh, but in that sense, uh, three apparently seems to be the magic number for how many seasons are allowed on Netflix, we've been told. (laughs) Yeah, it really um, has to do a lot with Netflix. At a certain point, I would would probably say it was like, maybe kind of, 2017 2018 felt like this inflection point for Netflix as because if you if I know this is on our website somewhere um, written down but just the number of original series that premiered from 2015 2016 2017 2018 2019 it like the way it just multiplied and skyrocketed up it's like insane if you compare the amount of programming they had in 2015 compared to what they launched in 2019. And part of the reason why their business model has now shifted from let's renew everything, no matter what it is, to okay, we're gonna start, we're gonna start killing all your darlings, you know? Yeah. Um, is because, you know, there is now this shift because they have in their own, you know, they were smart in that they were the first ones out there and they they got their hooks into this area of the industry that a lot of the studios and networks are now playing catch up on. Um, But, you know, they are the leader now. They get to call the shots. And one of the things that they didn't get to call the shots on before necessarily was owning all of their own content. And now there's Mm -hmm. this shift from working with outside studios, third-party networks um, to, to help distribute their content, to producing as much as their own own I own IP in-house that they can own just forever, essentially. Um, and yeah. so when you see shows like Anne with an E, One Day at a Time, uh, Daredevil, all these shows got canceled around at the three season mark because there mm-hmm. is an actual within the Netflix business model. Once yeah. you hit season three, you need to start paying I think it was. It's more back ends. I don't want to speak um, t- too much about this because I can't remember the specifics. But maybe Sam, yeah, do you I remember? think I, I do. I think mm-hmm. it was Deadline that reported about this, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. So mm-hmm. things like for like the Netflix model allows people, like the producers, mm-hmm. to make really cheap seasons one, two, and three. But like in each season, the quantity they are paying, like the producers, the actors, mm-hmm. and like the whole team, is mm-hmm. increasing. But from season one to season two, the increase is not as big. And from season mm-hmm. two to season three, it's just like moderate. Mm-hmm. But after season three, this is like when the premiums really kick in and they have mm-hmm. to pay all the actors and everybody much more. So this is when it becomes almost unsustainable for them to have these shows, like because mm-hmm. the amount of people they need them to watch just becomes like too crazy. So sometimes I remember saying like, oh, they didn't have enough um, viewers. But the mm-hmm. thing is not also like, oh, how many people are watching it, but also like yeah. how many people they need to watch it in order to 
to like uh, renew this. So it's not like yeah. nobody's watching it. It's just like the amount of money they need to make a season four, let's say, is too mm-hmm. crazy for them to continue. Yeah. And it makes more sense for Netflix just to cancel it and start something new that is way cheaper. Yeah. yeah and the other thing to piggyback off that is that Netflix, unlike a traditional network that's driven by advertisers, they're driven by new subscribers. So mm-hmm. by that, you know, by that kind of uh, that thinking leads to, well, a show with more seasons that is older and maybe not of the zeitgeist is just not going to draw in as many new subscribers as the new shiny thing that, you know, we can push out and promote yeah. and do it more cheaply and mm-hmm. et cetera, you know. So, you know, I, 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 I understand the economics of it, but also it's just a kind of a tough, it's a tough time to be a fan um, mm-hmm. of TV, especially if the TV yes. is on Netflix. And, um, you know, the other thing that to kind of go back to the cancellation thing, um, another thing that we've learned is very traditional in the context of a Netflix console cancellation are the non-competes right pretty much every show that we've read about having been canceled um by netflix they haven't been able to get a seller uh, or a buyer for their show Mm -hmm. not in the way that if you got a show canceled at cbs maybe you could shop it to a different network um netflix just won't let you sell your show because they own those rights um both the rights of the show and then the rights of the distribution um which makes it obviously very difficult for any show to maintain some enough momentum to go to a new platform or to a new network and then be able to continue the story. Um, it's no surprise that out of all the canceled shows, you've only ever heard of one show, which I believe is One Day at a Time, mm-hmm. having had gotten picked up again. Um, and only mm-hmm. after a lot of struggling and fighting um, with Netflix. So... Yeah. But, um, but this is like, I, I remember you said like um, Netflix owns the shows and like the distribution, right? But that's only for like the Netflix produced shows. Yes. Yeah. Not for right. stuff yeah, like right. this third yeah. party, like mm-hmm. is the case of Daredevil yeah. or yeah. a lot of other stuff. Yeah. It's a little bit different with, with uh, Daredevil, which mm-hmm. is also, I mean, puts us in a kind of particular situation where of course they don't own they don't own the ip because no. marvel owns the ip and mm-hmm. uh but what what would you say to people who are saying because we we hear this a lot that netflix no netflix owns the shows that yeah, netflix doesn't shows. Own. yeah netflix doesn't no, own the they shows don't. yeah yeah they have distributions right and, yeah. and that's what it is and it's, it's a very different thing To be specific, they have the streaming distribution rights. We we Mm -hmm. actually don't know if Netflix has, for example, the linear TV distributions rights. Those are linear TV being like your traditional broadcast and cable networks, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. also what they do. So where the non compete comes in for Daredevil is essentially Netflix has a moratorium on the usage of the IP. So this is a very interesting situation Mm -hmm. because. You know, Marvel IP is extremely valuable. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason why Sony <laughs> will literally never let go of the IP that they have because that stuff makes a lot of money for them. And so, you know, uh, unlike maybe a traditional non-compete in this situation, 
Disney Marvel, they're just not allowed to use those characters. They're not allowed to use their own IP, essentially, in anything that's not a Netflix production for two years. So that's when you hear us talk about like two year moratoriums or a two year cooling Mm -hmm. period. That's specifically what we're talking about. That was something that was um, brought into light pretty soon after the cancellation in December. I think it was in a Variety article. Um, But yeah, you know, we sort of knew from those early days, like, okay, there is like a very clear contractual ticking clock, which is why, you know, and we can talk about this a little bit more in depth too, but just how that has affected kind of how we chose to run the campaign and, you know, how we've ran it since. Okay. So we've talked a lot about what, you know, what Netflix is doing and what their reasoning is and everything. But what about um, Disney? Did they play any part in the cancellation? And (laughs) that's what a lot of people are saying. And we're saying, no, that's not how it was. But so what was it like? Sam, I know you have thoughts. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. So because this is a very complicated issue, because obviously, like Disney is a competitive uh, of Netflix right now. And they announced that and like, Obviously, like there's going to be bad waters between both sides. But the thing is that back in 2018, when Disney announced their plans within the, with Disney Plus and like to take away the movies and everything, uh, Netflix actually renewed some of the shows. They announced a new season for The Punisher. They announced a new season for Jessica Jones. And they were, from what I we know, like what has been said, like they were in talks about a new season with Luke Cage. And that's like when Finn seems to have gone south. I don't know what that was about. Like none of us probably will ever know what that was about. But like for me, if Disney really like Disney Plus was a major issue for Netflix at that point, they will have to just like cancel all the shows back when they announced Disney Plus, like not like almost a year after. Yeah, it's true. And like for Disney, it also makes no sense, in my opinion, because like right now they can't use the characters. They are not getting anything from that IPs and everything. And like whatever you say, these are still their IPs. And if people were watching it in Netflix, um, that also benefits them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A lot of people are thinking that it was sort of like, oh, no, it was canceled because it was going to be an automatically moved to Disney Plus and everything. And, mm-hmm. and, and of course, that that's not the case. But... On the other hand, like you mentioned, with Disney Plus being announced, a lot of things changed in the sort of streaming media landscape between the time when these shows were first announced back in like what twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe it was even earlier than that. Anyway, I mean, Daredevil debuted in twenty fifteen, and then between yeah. then and twenty eighteen, a lot of things happened. But at the same time, I mean, everyone has been speaking about this. Have been really both on the honestly the Netflix side and the Disney slash Marvel side have been clear about that the cancellation decision is at the end of the day that's gonna be Netflix. So Yeah, I think it's it's helpful for people to remember that in this equation, like Netflix is the network. So yeah. just as like a show is on ABC or Fox or NBC, the network is the one that decides whether or not they're going to renew. So it was the same situation with Netflix. And, you know, for the longest time, there was still no reason for them to not continue greenlighting a show that was of using very valuable IP and still very popular Mm -hmm. with um, a large chunk of their viewing audience. So, you know, now we're here where we are. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, but this yeah. this is really like such a messy situation with everything. Like we, we really don't know what happened there. Like what mm-hmm. what was the really driving force to cancel all these shows? Maybe it was like we suspect it was money because of the three season marks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also know, like back then, there were rumors that maybe they were like in discussions with Disney. So I think ultimately, like what happened with these shows is just like the streaming war happened. Um, yeah. It just wasn't profitable uh, neither for Netflix nor Disney to to continue on the agreement they had, and none of the park would like you know agree on something new yeah so. and unfortunately you know the marvel tv universe on netflix was collateral damage yeah in kind of a corporate okay. <laughs> corporate yeah. streaming wars um but yeah you know I, I know we've kind of gone into sort of a long explanation of all that but that's really it really lays the foundation for everything that we've chosen to do as a campaign mm-hmm. um that's a big reason why we've always pushed that kind of two-year mantra and why we've made the choices that we've made. Um, Because again, we were never a traditional Save Our Show campaign, you know, a lot of Save Our Show campaigns. And we've been able to connect to um, a few really great ones. And their fight was very brief, very brief, or they kind of worked to a point where the answer was very clear, you know, that there was just no way of the behind the scenes brokering and Mm -hmm. the relationships between the studios and the networks and and such, it just wasn't going to pan out, you know? Yeah. In our situation, that was obviously different. Yeah. Yeah, It's been very different. And I mean, everything that's happened um, also on the sort of Disney slash Marvel side with Marvel television and everything, which I guess we can get into, but, Mm -hmm. but like you're saying, a lot of other shows are going to know, pretty soon whether it's going to be you know it, it, whether it's futile or whether it's actually going to work and of course some shows have been saved through mm-hmm. fan campaigns yeah. so I mean they really do help but I mean we're in a very like we said it's a special situation with the, the two-year thing and I, I'm yeah we've been able to do it for this this long <laughs> and we'll do it we'll do it for you know <laughs> as long as it takes or you know as long as there's any kind of news um yeah, um, and, and that's kind of the direction. thing, right? Because for us, like, there's just no realistic situation where we get news before no. the yeah. IP rights fully revert back to Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. So everything that we've really done kind of over these nearly two years has been to really maintain, like, interest and awareness and just, like... Not treading water doesn't sound like the best term for this, but we know just to maintain some level of enthusiasm for the show until we could get to those two years. Because two years is a long time for yeah. all of us. Mm-hmm. We, when we started this campaign back in 2018, which was like 100 years ago, mm-hmm. it felt like <laughs> it was going to be a really long road ahead. Um, yeah. Obviously, though, we've gotten to this point where uh, we are like within less than three months now of that due date, deadline, whatever you call it, it'll be up. Um, So at that point, anything we do after that could have a measurable impact on, you know, what Disney or Marvel decide to do. You know, Um, we just want to make sure we're keeping Daredevil in their thoughts. (laughs) Mm hmm. And and honestly, I'm impressed also by how much, uh, I mean, not just a campaign, but also like interest in Daredevil has been in the news. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there are a lot of, uh, I mean, we, <laughs> if you're familiar with a campaign, you're also familiar with how careful we are not to put out bad information. And there's a lot of kind of rumor type stuff out there, which isn't, you know, it's, it's going to just be confusing for all the fans, but it at least speaks to the interest there still is in this show. Um, just how often it's still talked about, you know, in the news and what the future might hold and everything. And I think that's, even even when it's, you know, really just rumors, it's still kind of encouraging that there's a demand for the show, which is really mm-hmm. um, obvious. Yeah, I totally agree. And you can see that especially like, I'm sorry about this, but like in comparison with the other shows, like you don't hear that much about them, like, oh, we're going to be reviving this or that. Even yeah. with other canceled shows, but like, I feel like there's a new rumor about Daredevil every other week. <laughs> yeah. <It's true. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. And a lot of them keep being recycled every other week too. It's like, oh, yeah. we're back to this one again. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of we've seen them all at this point. I think. <laughs> yeah, we have. But you, yeah. but you know, like that, the rumors can be frustrating for those of us in the campaign. But at the same time, it's it is in its own way a sort of proof that yeah, hey, people aren't ready to let Daredevil go. No, um, it's obviously. Which is very encouraging. Obviously, people might have different um, opinions on how they want to see Daredevil come back. But I think there's nearly unanimous, if not just unanimous, um, agreement that Charlie needs to come back as Daredevil. Like, it makes zero sense for Marvel to bench Daredevil beyond this two-year moratorium. It just doesn't make any sense to the fans. It doesn't make any sense as a business decision. Especially, like in the middle of COVID where like they are bleeding money and like you see that there is a push like to, to get like the Fox IPs they got back integrated mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. bigger picture. So I don't feel like they are going to just bench also like a very um, popular character right now. Like this is like a moment where Disney will be like, okay, we, we have to use everything we have in our arsenal and mm-hmm. Daredevil is a powerful character. So I don't think they will yeah. bench him for long. Yeah, it, w- it would really make sense. I mean, of course, this is, I mean, coming from this campaign and being a big fans of the show and everything, of course, we want to see it in, in our life. But I mean, even so, I do think it would be um, considering all of the, you know, stalled production that we're looking at right now with COVID and everything, if they really wanted to grab something semi like, you know, I don't want to say off the rack, but or off the shelf. But I mean, if, if they wanted to quickly move into production on something, that would be so sort of kind of ready to go and it's already super popular and has a big fan base i mean hey you know daredevil would be perfect for that so oh yeah absolutely um that that's been something interesting kind of how 2020 obviously 2020 has upended everybody's life you know in significant ways but it's been interesting to see how it's impacted our campaign compared to last year last year you know if you if you kind of want to get an idea of what we've done, we actually have a great page on our website at savedoutable.com slash timeline that goes through kind of all the initiatives um, we've come up with and maintain kind of through these past nearly two years. But, you know, last year we were so lucky in that we were able to do a lot of stuff in person, a lot of stuff with fans, a lot of the stuff we did, we could send straight to executives and offices. All of that stuff is off the table for this year. Um, we don't know when people will be back in their office. We don't know if people will be back in their office for the remainder of 2020. So something like a writing initiative kind of doesn't hit the same. 
um, as it did last year when we knew, hey, we, we have addresses and we can send a box to, you know, this building and hopefully somebody will see it. You know, in this in this environment, we've had to pivot a lot toward um, going digital, um, doing a lot of uh, online content versus uh, sort of tangible stuff, you know, in the form of yeah. meetups or in the form of letters or um so yeah, you know, but kind of on the flip side of that, sort of the 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 drawbacks of 2020 in, you know, all productions have been shut down, a lot of stuff yeah. has kind of been stopped in its tracks could be that silver lining for our campaign. Yeah. Um it, it might be a little bit weird to say that, but it is kind of true. So do we want to maybe mention a little bit about all the stuff that's happened um kind of at Disney Marvel? Or yeah, like in terms of the uh, organizational structure of those companies. Oh yeah, I mean oh, like twenty dear. the the, the twenty nineteen <laughs> late twenty nineteen into twenty twenty was kind of a there were lots of shifts um, for Marvel um, and Disney. Um, you know, obviously Disney had their big thing last year, kind of in the spring, right, where they finalized their purchase of Fox, which huge deal. Um, that kind of reshifted sort of the the corporate umbrella and sort of the 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 executive chain a little bit um for us but kind of as we went from 2019 to 2020 especially with all the cancellations of the netflix shows and um agents of shield coming to an end you know marvel Mm -hmm. tv basically was disbanded which is you know kind of a big deal for us and whatever was remaining of the tv operations was absorbed into marvel studios um we also saw kevin feige uh, get promoted to chief creative officer of marvel at large um Mm -hmm. another kind of huge shift that hadn't played into our calculus um before what was it late last year so you know between kind of the overarching changes of just the dynamics of this year plus the changes and the, the shifting dynamics of the corporate structure that we're dealing with with our show and our cancellation it's been it's been a lot to adapt to yeah i also i i think that that also has like brought a lot of confusion not only like with the fandom also like even mm-hmm. in the campaign like i remember we like we used to scratch our head, like trying to figure out, like, what's going on at at Marvel, what's going on at, at Disney, because it's just like a lot of people were going in and out, and and there was a lot of shift. And uh, yeah, I think that also like helped with the rumors and all that, because nobody kind of knew what what the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah, we've we've had to like update all the people we need to send stuff to <laughs> at various points. So it's like, okay, so who's the new new boss of this, and like, why is this person interesting? Oh, to, yeah, <laughs> like of interest for us. To send something to or get in touch with so, so many new bosses <laughs> yeah so at least like i think everyone uh everyone involved has kind of been getting like a you know mini sort of like you know education and like how the television companies structure you know or what that looks like and how things run and who does what and everything so it's been it's been illuminating <laughs> i know we've Very become well. like accidental media slash industry scholars almost <laughs> <laughs> But we've all always been talking about, or very early on, we kind of settled on, I mean, Disney Plus is going to obviously has this sort of family type, you know, programming, mm-hmm. branding associated with it. And they've been very, you know, um, they've always been pointing that out to people that it's going to be, you know, 
family oriented. So we've been kind of even ever since the early days been been sort of suggesting that Hulu would be a good home mm-hmm. for um, for Daredevil. Maybe you want to speak a little bit about like the changes and strategies we have like approached because like it's been a wild ride, like just in terms of <laughs> planning stuff for the campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like uh, I think you mentioned it already a bit uh, of like we, us having to figure out who was in charge of of something and like just being very flexible on what is coming and, and like okay, this this is no longer the case with Finns, so yeah. let's try this. Like I think we have been really good at doing that too. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've had a good mix of um initiatives that focused on engaging with the studios and then initiatives that engaged with the fandom because mm-hmm. again, it's been this delicate balance of you you just you just can't do everything you want to do before those two years are up. <laughs> like we could do we could certainly do a lot more if we wanted to. And I know that maybe some fans have wondered why we haven't done more of X, Y, and Z. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you don't want to kind of shoot off all this momentum at like the 12 month mark when you have 12 more months to go. You know, more importantly for us, I think a big, a big part of why the campaign has, um, continued for as long as it has is because of fandom buy-in like the fans have to feel like what we're doing is um has a purpose that you know we're doing it for the right reasons um that they agree with the reasons for why you know we're, we're maintaining this campaign um so if we don't engage the fans and we just worry about you know flooding like tweets with like hashtags all day, you know, it, it could be, it could work for some people, but that, that approach has never really rang true for us just because it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have maintained us for as long as the initiatives that we did get off the ground have. So yeah, there is I a mean, reason why. Pacing is yeah, everything. Pacing, yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah. Pacing really is everything because like you said, you don't want to, you know, kind of burn out too soon. And mm-hmm. when you've got 24 months, of stuff <laughs> to do. So it's like you kind of want to remain visible. You don't want the powers that be to forget about us at any point. You want to be sort of like, hey, we're still here. We're still here. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like people, I mean, I, including us and everybody involved, like you, you need to set a pace that's that's maintainable for the long haul. Um, otherwise, you're just going to Otherwise, we would just Um, all burn out. We would have all burned out at like three months, (laughs) you know, let alone 12 or 18 months, you know. Um, So, you know, hopefully that's some insight for people who might wonder. And you know what? Like if you're listening to this and you're you're still wondering, you know, you should you should reach out to us on social media um, and like ask us these questions, you know, Um, we'd love to kind of share more of our perspective. And again, that's why this whole experiment exists. But yeah, you know, I guess that might be a good segue to what do we have kind of coming up immediately? Where are we at right now in August, 2020? And I think for us, you know, is really looking at that kind of, again, it's just like just shy of three month window that we have left and really trying to, um, use it as impactfully as we can while balancing out sort of this um, kind of this reworked environment that we are dealing with with uh, COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, one thing we want to uh, go back to a little bit is to get some 
you know, more signatures for the petition. That's something that we had a lot of, um, lot of names added to in the beginning of the campaign. It's currently at, I think, 360,000 and change. So um, it would be wonderful to, to get some more names there. So we're going to try and, and um, devise some, you know, targeted ads uh, in, for Facebook and, and also to take it a little bit more international, see which kinds of markets uh, we haven't really targeted before and stuff. So, I mean, Daredevil has a lot of fans in a lot of countries. So, uh, so we're going to do, um, do that. And also we're doing some more international outreach as well and trying to look for um, sort of ambassadors uh, in different countries that we could um, join up with and uh, who could help us sort of carry this message into other sort of language markets and everything. So that's, that's one thing we're doing. Yeah. Um, another thing that we kind of want to try to push, obviously, with our time winding down is just getting people like back on that hashtag and talking on the Save Daredevil hashtag, tagging Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios, Disney, Hulu. Um, you know, we're, we'll probably end up announcing something kind of probably after this goes up, or but definitely before we actually get it started. Um, just like a monthly hashtag party. Um, we're not too worried about trending, but we really want to get people back in the habit of making conversation and making their voices heard so that by the time we do hit November 29, 2020, we want people yeah. to be as loud as possible. So, you know, so if you're hearing this now, the, the rough plan is to be posting on the 29th of the month until we get to November 29th. Mm -hmm. So keep yeah. that in mind. Um, and in, in addition to that, you know, we don't want to give up on um, all the fan engagement that we've done a really good job with. You know, hopefully you were around when we did Save Daredevil Con um, back in July. And if you haven't, all that content can be found on um, our, our YouTube, YouTube channel, channel. Mm -hmm. and on our and through our website. But with New York Comic Con going virtual, just as San Diego did in October, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to pull together some content for that, too. Maybe not as big and as crazy yeah. as we went <laughs> for July. We need to maybe conserve some resources as we get into November. Um, but yeah, that's also something to look forward to. I Yeah, it's gonna, I hope we're going to have a lot of fun together with the fans uh, mm -hmm. going into the, the home stretch, And hopefully we'll create a lot of noise. Yeah. And, you know, again, we know that the fandom spans a pretty broad spectrum. You know, either you are, you've been following us since day one and you're totally bought in or you're a fan of Daredevil, but maybe you're not like completely on board with the campaign. But regardless, we have the fact that this moratorium ends at the end of November. And, you know, whether or not you've bought in before, hey, let's, as fans of Daredevil, as Marvel fans, as fans of just excellent superhero genre TV, mm -hmm. let's get together and, like, let's just give it one big last shot to really make our voices heard in a unified way. Um, mm -hmm. We will talk about this more, but we do have plans for Save Daredevil past November 29th. Um, yeah. You know, an interesting point that came up in our planning mm -hmm. with the team is that kind of there's everything that came before November 29th, which we've always kind of sort of preface with, hey, there's really not much Marvel can do. There's not much Disney can say yep. until we hit this point. But, you know, after we hit that point, whatever we do or say could have an impact. And so we are going to continue to make plans for the campaign beyond that. Um, yeah. And we're going to hope that 2021 <laughs> is just better on all counts than 2020. Yes. <laughs> yes but please, hopefully, definitely. hopefully that's going to be a conversation that we have kind of on its own too um, about what you can expect from the campaign 
past yeah. uh, the, these three months that we just talked about. But this yeah. is a, that's a funny point that you bring up because um, you mentioned 2021 and I have like I have been receiving like messages from my friends, their devil mm -hmm. friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they are like, okay, um, the two mark is up. Like, um, mm -hmm. I know some people might expect like, okay, it's going to be the day after the two years we get an announcement. No. But nope. I, I don't <laughs> think no. that's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Especially because like November, like it's the end of November. That's mm -hmm. really close to like just the holidays. Yeah. So these so people will be busy by then. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that is a great reminder for the fans, you know, that Kevin Feige will not be jumping out of a cake on November 30th no. with a Daredevil <laughs> yeah. renewal announcement. All we know is that once the moratorium is up, using the characters again is fair game. Mm -hmm. We will have floated a lot of great ideas by them via the campaign. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they know how to do their job and they do their job well. And we hope that they take into serious consideration what bringing back Daredevil would mean not just for the fans, but for Marvel itself. But the, this stuff takes time. Again, a reminder that everything literally paused for mm -hmm. almost six months. You know, we're starting yeah. to hear about productions getting back on the ground. You know, the the MCU Disney Plus shows, I think, are slowly starting to be, start filming again, kind of maybe, if not this mm -hmm. month, next month or October. But this, these are shows that got delayed from yeah. starting this winter and this spring. So no matter where they are in the process of planning or development, studios, they will not announce things until there is something concrete to announce. So just temper your expectations. I, I think another thing to keep in mind uh, in regards to that is that the whole two-year moratorium has been pretty, I mean, for what we understand about it, it's been pretty strict about what you're allowed yeah. and not allowed to do within the two mm -hmm. years. And it's really sort of, I mean, the sense we've been getting is that you're not, like, you're barely even like allowed to even mention the idea of something new within the two-year window. I mean, of course, you could have people, you know, sort of sketch something on a napkin. Huh? See where I did there? Napkin. Uh, <laughs> you could have, I mean, people sketch something on a napkin pretty much or have like, you know, people toss around ideas in a room, but you're not really allowed to go from go from there to anything really more concrete than that until after the two years is up. So there's there would have to be a lot of, I think, other things that are a little bit more concrete that would also have need to happen um, before they could announce anything. And a lot of those steps are going to also have to wait until the two-year moratorium is up. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, agreed. In short, basically, the real fight starts after the two years moratorium. This is when like yeah. Marvel can actually start doing fans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When the voices of the fans are mo most the most important, this is when like, okay, what are we going to do with Daredevil? And then that's when they are going to turn into, okay, what's the demand for Daredevil? Like, wh mm -hmm. what are the Daredevil fans asking for? And like, mm -hmm. what is out there? So yeah. two years is not the end of the fight, but actually the, the real beginning. In a sense, this is where we're sort of turning into like a regular Save Our Show mm -hmm. campaign. Yes. Yeah. Two <laughs> years later. Yeah, this has been like later. a two-year pre-party. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think that's probably a great place for us to start wrapping up. Um, yeah. Obviously, our hope is that we're going to be able to record a few more of these conversations and kind of go in depth on a few of the topics that we brought up during this conversation. Um, and, you know, we hope that you enjoyed what you heard. Um you know, we'd love to kind of hear your feedback once this actually goes um, out into the world. So you'll probably see this on our YouTube. You might see this in other places where podcasts can be found. 
So fingers mm-hmm. crossed, we're still kind of working that out. But you know, when yeah. you do see us, you know, drop us some comments, like hit us up on social media. We are um, at Save Daredevil on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, but we are at Renew Daredevil on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so, you know, hopefully we did a good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope they enjoyed this. Yep. Yeah. See you out there on the battlefield. <laughs> yes, everybody. Yes. Thank you, Fandom Without Fear. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.